0: Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. All right, let's look at Revelation chapter 21, verse 9 and 10. As you're turning there, John has seen this beautiful city coming down out of heaven from God, heard the voice of Jesus, he's making all things new. And then he comes in in verse 9 and says this, And then one of the seven angels, who had the seven bulls, full of the seven last plagues, came and spoke with me, saying, Come here, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Verse 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her brilliance was like a very costly stone, a stone of crystal clear jasper and it goes on, which we will go to momentarily. So, John has just seen, as we talked about last week, the final battle, Jesus came marching into Jerusalem in Revelation 19 with eyes of fire, with hair like wool, with a sword coming out of his mouth, striking the nations, and coming with all the armies in heaven clothed in white. So, um, and it's a battle scene. He is battling against the Antichrist and his armies that have gathered from all the kings of the earth that have aligned with him um, to fight against Jesus and against this heavenly army. So, this is Revelation 19 is extremely intense. Um, the Antichrist and the false prophet they are captured and cast alive into the lake of fire, and then Satan is bound sealed, shut up in the abyss for 1,000 years, and then this 1,000-year period of blessing initiates. Heaven starts infiltrating earth, and all of the damage and all of the destruction that came through the Antichrist and his wicked regime, but then also from the judgments of God, the seals, the trumpets, and the bulls, All of that is being restored and repaired over the course of that 1,000 years. And then at the end, if you'll remember, we saw Satan released, but then he is thrown into the lake of fire. All of his army is, is destroyed, and then the great white throne judgment happens. The righteous inherit eternal life, and the wicked go into the lake of fire. And John sees this city coming down out of heaven from God and resting on the earth. So that's where we left off last week. And here's we began. He's seen all of this play out. So remember this last week, we were in a chronological section. That means the play button was on. The movie was showing. But when we come to verse 9 and he sees all that I just described happen, the angel comes and hits pause And we go into one of those angelic explanations once again, which are not necessarily part of the chronology. It's giving us the behind the scenes. It's saying, John, I want to show you how great and glorious this city is. Why is all this that happened last week so severe? What's going to happen to the saints? It's so severe because the glory of God that's coming down to the earth is so severe. And what's going to happen to the saints? Well, he unpacks that over these next two chapters. What is life going to be like for the saints in this eternal city? So I've got a um, fun little video for you to watch. Um, So just if you didn't come in your southern gospel mode, um, this will get you right into it. So media team, we're ready for that clip. Just going to start it right at the beginning. Rewind all the way to the very beginning. Sound, sound, sound. Pause it. There you go. Listen closely to the words. John saw a city. That could not be here John saw the city Oh yes he did John caught A glimpse of the golden throne Tell me all about it Go right on Around the throne He saw the crystal sea There's got to be more What will he So, New Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I want to walk your streets that are old. it or not it goes on Um, (laughs) so kind of you know silly video um i enjoy not silly but um you know it's you know this is the this is the best you know digital mastering we can capture at this point in time of revelation 21 22 (laughs) anyway i thought that song was kind of fun so hopefully worship team will learn that and we'll sing it on the sunday is everyone down for that Oh, you're so enthusiastic. Okay. Well, let's move on. Okay. (laughs) So, the New Jerusalem is coming down out of heaven from God. So, this angelic explanation, this pause section that we enter in verse 9 of chapter 21, is describing the quality of life in the New Jerusalem. Jesus is restoring a Garden of Eden like state on the earth. Not Garden State, Garden of Eden State. Anyone remember that movie? Y'all are like not laughing at anything tonight. So, okay, I'll just keep going. Lord help. Um, (laughs) um, So he's restoring all things. And the, um, the earthly dimension and the heavenly dimensions are coming together into one in the most extravagant, glorious way imaginable at this point in history. So the New Jerusalem is the final place where the saints will live. This is the city where we will live with God for eternity. However, and I'll get into this more momentarily, throughout the course of the millennium, we'll be living in this city, but we will have governmental responsibilities on the earth as God assigns and sees fit for each one of us. Um, but it will culminate to this heavenly city fully coming down and resting on the earth. So why do we need to bother with this? Why, why do we spend time on these last two chapters? Can't we just say the saints win, we're one and done, internal city, praise God, let's go home. Um, well, these uh, two chapters spend significant amount of time giving us very uh, intricate details about what this city is going to look like. And so I think that's one reason. Say, God, obviously you cared enough to put this at the very end of the Bible and to close the Bible to say, do not add or take away from any of the words of this book. Um, so that's, that's, that's important in itself. Um, but meditating and studying out and by faith in your heart, in your imagination, going into this city and starting to picture what is this going to look like, God, going there by faith, says in Hebrews, we have come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. That it energizes our hearts to overcome sin in this life, to overcome temptation, and to stay the course when the pressure gets hot. And it's specifically for the generation that the Lord returns. This will be of, of primary importance, but I tell you it's for us today too. Because when when our minds start getting set on things that are above, when our minds get fixed on Jesus and on his throne and on that heavenly city in which he'll reign for eternity, that starts reorienting our soul away from every encumbrance, every sin that so easily entangles and so I tell you, we want to get in these pages. We want to study them out. We want to meditate on them. I've like, you know, and, and you can find this on the internet. What do these stones look like? What are these walls? Look? What's like a virtual tour going on? There, there's stuff like that out there. But just even in your prayer life, God, what's this going to be like? Energize my heart with these truths. It gives us hope for what is to come, and it gives us for us, for the saints, and it gives us sobriety for what's to come for the wicked. Um, which is the Lake of Fire, so God is taking hell on earth under the Antichrist regime, and He's bringing heaven to earth with this New Jerusalem. So, the centerpiece of God's purpose—I'm there in the Roman numeral two. I'm not going to read every word here, um, but uh, just to get this, God's purpose, Ephesians one, chapter nine. Has been to gather everything in heaven and on earth together in Christ. Ephesians 1 9, having made known the mystery, having made known to us the mystery of his will, that he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which on are on earth. And we see that in the person of Jesus. He's fully God and fully man. Fully God, fully human flesh, united in one. And so, in a sense, in his very own being, he's bringing heaven and earth together. But in his eternal reign in heaven and earth, the two realms are merging together. And his throne will be the center of that convergence. And that throne will be in this city. Page two of your notes. So, this new Jerusalem is descending down out of heaven from God. Something important to know, um, there, there are a few different views on what this is going to look like. I'm going to present my view here um, and just kind of mention the other one, um, but spend more time on what I think is going to happen here, um, is that the New Jerusalem is descending out of heaven from God, but it's descending in two stages. We see a partial descent of the New Jerusalem at the beginning of the millennial reign at the beginning of the 1,000 years, and we see a full descent of the new Jerusalem on the earth at the end of the millennium. Okay? Now, there are other scholars that will say, no, 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 it all comes at the very end, and the, and the saints live on the physical earth for a 1,000 years and resurrected bodies. Um, I'm going to show you why I think that's not the case. I think at the beginning of the millennium, the saints will live in this new Jerusalem this heavenly city, and that it will be visible, and it will be manifest, and it will even be accessible from the earth realm during the course of the millennium. But at the end, this new Jerusalem is fully descending on the earth. There will be a final fire-cleansing renovation of the earth to prepare it for this city, and then this will be our eternal home, okay? Um, And a lot of that has to do with just even just the structure here. Remember, in a chronological section, we're seeing the play button. We're seeing the scenes play out. But then that when the angel comes in and explains it, we've got to pause. Okay? So John saw, he sees two descents. Roman numeral four, Jesus' throne of glory. Two dimensions of one throne in heaven and on earth. So, at the second coming, Jesus, he's going to establish his throne of glory on earth in earthly Jerusalem. So, the Jerusalem that's in the news today is the throne of Jesus Christ. His throne is coming to that city when he returns. And the king will march into Jerusalem through the Eastern Gate, and he will be received by the Jewish leaders. Religious and political leaders, and they will cry out, they will see him coming on this white horse in Revelation 19, and they will be surrounded by the Antichrist armies, and they will cry out, Blessed is he, Jesus, who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the Son of David. And they are welcoming the Son of David, Jesus Christ, into the earthly city. I was in Israel in 2015, and the and the inner the, the old city Jerusalem is, is surrounded by a wall. Um, still most of it. Um, and, um, on that wall, there's an Eastern gate. And when you stand on, uh, on the Mount of Olives, which is directly across the city, it's where Jesus met with his disciples and the, um, 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 and, um, um, in the Garden of Gethsemane um, and had the last supper over there so I got to we visited the site where where Jesus most likely had the had the last Passover with his disciples. You can see all the olive trees and you're looking right over at the city of Jerusalem and you see that eastern gate and you see an interesting thing about that gate is that it's entirely sealed shut 100 percent I mean not with like bars but like the wall is part of the has covered the gate they've plastered it. Um, and there was a Muslim prince in the 16th century, I believe, that sealed that up specifically because of the prophecy in the word that the Son of God is going to enter through that eastern gate. That Messiah is coming through that eastern gate. So we're going to seal this up, and we're going to see if he can get through. Jesus is getting through that gate, and he's going to set up his throne in that city. Matthew 25 when the Son of Man comes in his glory, then he will sit on the throne of his glory, and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them. Jeremiah 3:17 at that time Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord, and all the nations shall be gathered to it to the name of the Lord. So Jesus' throne of glory is going to be connected to a holy of holies in a rebuilt temple in earthly Jerusalem throughout the millennium. So, In the millennium, there will be a rebuilt temple in the city of Jerusalem. Ezekiel 40 to 48, nine chapters that go into detail about this, about the city, but about the city, yes, but mainly about the temple that's going to be built in it. And it's just incredible the level of detail that the Holy Spirit inspired Ezekiel to write those nine chapters. And I mean, you read through those, you're just like, seriously, like. Leviticus, Exodus, all over again, you know, (laughs) and, um, but God told Ezekiel, declare this to the sons of Israel so that they will be ashamed of their sins. And so there's some kind of power in those specific chapters of, of Ezekiel, and I believe in these last two chapters of Revelation, as we meditate on this eternal city and this eternal temple, and on Ezekiel's temple, there's something that produces a heart of repentance. And I think it's it's for those that won't be denied. God, whatever you've got in these chapters for me, I want it. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to trudge through these details, and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to breathe on it. And so I've read these numbers of times, and I'm still just like, God, breathe on me and give me vision for this. Um, but we see in Ezekiel, this temple is going to be built, and the glory of God is going to rush into this temple in earthly Jerusalem. This is on the earth, okay? This is not New Jerusalem, Heavenly City. This is on the earth. And there will be a special entrance for Jesus in this temple. He says, this is the place of my throne and the place of my feet, where I will dwell in the midst of Israel forever. So we see Jesus' throne in earthly Jerusalem. It's the place, the footstool, the place for his feet. But we also see a throne of Jesus in heavenly Jerusalem. Revelation 22, 3, the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, in the new Jerusalem. So there's a heavenly throne and there's an earthly throne upon which Jesus Christ will sit. A heavenly Jerusalem, where the throne of the Lamb will be, and an earthly Jerusalem that will be called the throne of Jesus. So what's going on here? Do we have one throne or do we have two thrones of Jesus? Do we have a heavenly throne or do we have an earthly throne here? The answer is yes. One throne with two dimensions, and the dynamics of how these this heavenly city and this earthly city are going to relate together. This is still something that just blows my mind. I'm like, God, this is. I don't understand how this is going to look like. It's like adding another dimension here. Okay, it's like adding a a um, um, a a a, uh, a wardrobe, you know, into, into the millennial earth. You know, Chronicles of Narnia, they're in the earth, they step into this wardrobe, and suddenly they are in this other realm. But the realms are connected by the wardrobe. In the same way, the heavenly city and the earthly city, they are those two realms are be, be, going to be connected and converge through the throne of Jesus Christ. And so there's going to be some kind of dynamic convergence going on between this heavenly city and this earthly city, between this heavenly throne and this earthly throne, that as we start getting closer, as the nations stream into the city, there comes a certain point, a certain spot where that glorious convergence point happens, and so you're you're stepping into both realities, earthly, heavenly, earthly, heavenly. What's this going to look like? Is this going to be like a city floating, like, you know, like Cloud City in, uh, in Star Wars Episode 5? You know, <laughs> it's like hovering up there. They think they're safe from all the bad guys, but they're, but they're not. Um, so um, I, I it, it might look like that, but I think, I think the convergence is going to be a lot deeper than that. Um, I don't think it's just going to be some floating cube. You know, (laughs) coming down, it's going to be a lot cooler in that cube. You know, that cube was pretty; that was the coolest cube I've ever seen. Um, But the New Jerusalem is going to look way cooler. Um, It's going to be a lot bigger too. So, um, it's this this New Jerusalem in heaven. It's kind of like the north side of the mountain. You know, this it's and John sees it on this great and high mountain. So, on the north side, so to speak, you've got this heavenly city. But on the south side of the mountain. You've got the earthly city going on. And there's a dynamic convergence between the two. So um, I take this word from a Mike Bickle, Asher and Traders, used a similar term. He's a Messianic Jewish leader in Israel. Um, but a corridor of glory, a governmental center of heaven and earth that will function as Jesus' throne of glory. One throne, but two realities going on here. And a dynamic convergence happening between the two. Um, so first of all, a few reasons why I think that the saints are going to live in the heavenly city at the beginning of the millennium and then, and, but still have governmental responsibilities on the earth. Um, and I'm going to go through these quickly here. But first of all, in Revelation 21, is the angel is explaining to John what the city looks like, It says the kings of the millennial of the earth will come into Jerusalem. Revelation 21, the nations of those who are saved will walk in its light. And the kings of the earth will bring their glory and honor into it. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. So the nations are bringing their glory and their honor into this city. Secondly, the leaves of the tree of life in the new Jerusalem, they're for the healing of the nations. Revelation 22:2, the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. At the end of the millennium, the nations will be healed. They don't need healing after that. So these leaves from the, the, from the tree of life, they're going to be accessed and delivered to the millennial earth throughout that thousand years and play an important role in healing nations. What's that going to look like? I don't know. Are we going to make tea out of these leaves? Like (laughs) eternal life tea, you know, give it to the kings of the earth, and you'll pour it on the ground, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I don't know. Um, But these leaves are going to play a dynamic role in restoring the earth, the physical earth, during the course of the millennium. Third is that there will be angels that guard the entry to the city to keep the sinners out. Okay? At the end of the millennium, After the great white throne judgment, there's no sinners that you have to worry about getting there. They are cast into the lake of fire. Um, But throughout the millennium, as we learned last week, there will still be those that do not turn their hearts to the Lord. And in fact, that at the end, align with Satan for one final rebellion against this city, this heavenly city, this beloved city. And those angels are going to see that army marching from a distance and say, okay, Jesus, Jesus. It's time for that fire to come down, and as soon as they get right to the edge of that beloved city, the the Antichrist armies, that fire is coming down, and it is destroying every single one of them, and Satan is going to be cast into the lake of fire at the end of the millennium. And then finally, um, I listed scriptures here for you. um, Number four, if you want to go back and look at that, that Ezekiel is talking about this uh, restored millennial Jerusalem in chapters 4 to 48, and he measures it about 10 square miles. Okay? <laughs> this new Jerusalem is, is nearly 1,500 square miles, high, wide, and long. So there's, there's a vast difference going on here. Um, this dynamic convergence, what is it going to look like? Well, here's, I'm going to do my best. There's at least 12 areas converging. The earthly Jerusalem has these features, and the heavenly Jerusalem have these features. They each have a great and high mountain. They each have the city of Jerusalem with 12 gates. They each, again, earthly and heavenly Jerusalem, both are called the house of God. There's a holy of holies in each one of them. There's a Garden of Eden type of atmosphere. There's a river of life in one of them, uh, in, in, in both of them. Ezekiel 47, you know the river that like you can no longer forge? You know, we've used that in prophetic and we see the Ezekiel 47 river. I mean, that, little, that is a literal river that will flow out of a physical temple in earthly Jerusalem and it will bring healing to all of the regions that that river goes. But there's also a river flowing in the heavenly city out of the throne of God and out of the Lamb. And there's going to be a convergence between the two. That heavenly river is going to pour into that earthly river. And that earthly river is going to bring the life of heaven to the nations throughout the millennium. There's a highway. There's a whirlwind. Whirlwinds of glory. There's a cloud of glory, a smoke of glory, a shining fire. Um, and Isaiah, uh, Isaiah starts talking about this. He, he sees, um, Isaiah sees this vision of a canopy of glory hovering over the city of Jerusalem. And I think this, this canopy of glory here, this is that convergence going on between heavenly and earthly Jerusalem. So, and the earth will be flooded with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. So, um, you remember Jacob's ladder. Go back to Genesis for a little bit. He lays his head down on a rock. Very uncomfortable sleeping position, but one of the most powerful dreams in the entire Bible. So, Just because your pillow stinks doesn't mean you can't have dreams from God. Okay? <laughs> um, and you don't have to have a feather pillow, although that helps me um, um, have dreams from God, but you can still have powerful dreams. So in this dream that he's happening, he sees he sees this convergence, he sees this corridor of glory. He sees this stairway, angels ascending and descending going on here. And that's why he calls it Bethel, the house of God. He saw that point. He saw that dynamic convergent, that glory thing. And that is that is going to be manifest in the earth. I think we're going to be able to see. I think definitely the resurrected saints, but I think the, the, the nations of the earth are going to see this stairway, whatever this looks like. I mean, we think stairs. I mean, this could look like anything. Um, um, and it's angels are going to be ascending and descending here. And, and saints at this point, are going to be ascending and descending through this corridor of glory that's connecting heaven and earth and releasing. Though we live in the heavenly city, we're releasing the life and power of heaven in the nations on the earth. And this ladder that Jacob saw, I believe, is the elevator that's taking us to and fro. So, a restored Eden. That in the Garden of Eden, God walked with Adam and Eve, and He is restoring the earth where the heavenly realities, the spiritual, the supernatural realm, is completely merged with the earthly realm. No separation. And if you'll remember, when Adam was driven out of the garden, a giant angel (laughs) stood in front of the city with swords facing in every single direction to keep them out and to keep them away from the tree of life. But I tell you, that gate is going to open to Adam and to the sons of Adam once again. And God will dwell with his people. He will be their God. and We will be his people. So let's, uh, let's go a little bit about what this city is going to look like. Page five, the external view. We see its design, its adornment, its glory, its construction, its size. So it's, it's, it's 15, approximately like 1,380 or something like that. So miles long, wide, and high. So the, the walls of this city are going far beyond the breaches of the earth's atmosphere. So 1,300 miles. Let's say, so, and and, and let me just say this. Dallas to New York. So that's one side of the wall. So, um, and there's a gate, like every, there's three gates each side. So half of the United States. and high, and wide. Um, So we think of it as a cube. Others have described it perhaps as a diamond, which I like that. Um, This diamond city coming down out of heaven from God. We'll see. Um, I I think it looks not quite like what was in that video. I think it's going to look cooler, but that, again, was the coolest cube we've ever seen. Um, So it's going to be adorned with precious stones of all kinds. Um, and it, it actually—not all kinds, but it mentions specific kinds right there in the Bible. Um, it's glory. It's going to have the shekinah glory. It's going to have the glory of God. The light of Jesus Christ is going to illumine this entire city, um, and, and 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 this this city is going to illumine the earth. I mean, it's it's going to outshine the sun. The construction, the gates, the walls, the foundations—a street of gold, um, gates of pearl. Uh, we already talked about the distance here, um, and so a gate. Approximately every 500 miles, so from like here to Chicago, like that's like a, a big glorious gate with uh, one of the names of the uh, of the apostles written on it, you know. So um, this is it's going to be huge, very huge. And We already talked about its size. So um, that's 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 the external, and I just gosh read this. Please go in, read these precious stones. You can find it. You can actually Google like new Jerusalem stones. I, I, uh, I, had, uh, um, um, I didn't know how many were going to be here tonight, but I have a, I have where I just went and I looked for them and I've compiled, I've got this little document that has the different types of stones. And I just, you know, you really got to be imaginative here, um, or the Holy Spirit just got to give you the dream and show you, um, one or both. Um, but it's just, um, this, it is going to be so glorious and we meditate on it, we're, we're setting again, we're setting our minds on things that are above. And finally, uh, the internal view of the city. And I'm just going to uh, read here Revelation 22:1 1-5. Here's the internal view of the city. Revelation 22, 1 says, Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming, down, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the middle of its street, on either side of the river was the tree of life, between 12, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So, verse I mentioned. There will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it. And his bondservants will serve him, and they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads. And they will no longer be any night. There will no longer be any night, and they will not have need of the light of the lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them, and they will reign forever and ever. So we see this river of life. We see this tree of life. We see the throne of God and of the Lamb. We see um, just the light of Jesus shining throughout this entire city. Um, this is, and Isaiah is seeing a, a glimpse of this city as well, and he says the sun and the moon will be ashamed. <laughs> it's just like they were created to shine and light up the galaxy, but when, that, when Jesus, the Son of God, who is light, shows up, it's going to outshine everything else in the universe. And the saints will live in face-to-face relationship with God. will see him face-to-face, and his name will be written on our foreheads, so, and I mean, guys, just think about this, we're talking about billions and billions of years here, and God, you know, he's not gonna leave us bored, my biggest fear as a kid, that eternity's gonna be boring. actually, that that still, I still think about it, I'm like forever, God, that's intense, like there's no, there's no end, but it's just, but he's saying, exactly, there's no end, and I tell you, I've been here, God's like, I've been here since eternity, and I tell you, I've not been bored one day, and and this city is starting to glimpse, and as you pray, as you meditate on it, it's just, God, what is it going to be like? Lord, show me things to look forward to. It starts producing hope in your heart, and it starts getting us excited about being with Jesus for eternity. So, in closing, how then shall we live in light of this city, this new Jerusalem that's coming down out of heaven from God? How does this affect my life today? I think three ways. First, It strengthens us to continue to love Jesus, to keep his commandments, and to overcome even under extreme pressure, to forsake the faith, to deny him, or to just even, as as Paul talks about it, some have drifted away, or actually the book of Hebrews, drifting away to where people's faith is shipwrecked. That's a real serious issue in the book of Hebrews. and, and Hebrews ends with saying, look at Mount Zion, this heavenly Jerusalem. <laughs> fix your eyes here. This is where we are. This is where the angels of God and the spirits of the righteous made perfect are. Fix your eyes here. Go here. Dwell here. Enter in here by faith. And you will start being empowered to Hebrews chapter 12. Lay aside every encumbrance and in, in the sin that so easily entangles and fix our eyes on Jesus. Which is point number two. We set our hearts. We get a vision for this city. We get a vision for eternity. Not just the city in the physical sense, but God is is here. Jesus is here. I'm with Jesus in a resurrected body, enjoying a resurrected earth with him forever. We fix our minds on that. It strengthens and empowers us to endure trouble and tribulation. Hebrews 12. To lay aside sin, lay aside those things that don't come into this city. It's not worth it. You know, and I and it it, it point this. I gave my life to the Lord at 17 and I said, I said goodbye to some sins that were really entangling me. And then I continued to get inner healing and deliverance throughout my 20s. And then just there would, but there would be waves there would be periods where there were waves of this coming in and just of just like, why don't you want to go back to that? When it just it comes subtle in first and then you wake up one night, and you're just like, what? How did I get here? You know, and, and it's not even engaging those things, but just that lure to go back in. And I had this powerful moment with the Lord. Actually, I was listening to Mike Bickle teach on Revelation, having a really bad day one day, and just like, why did I give all this up unto what end? And I mean, my, the fear of the Lord came in my heart so powerfully when I listened to that teaching on Revelation about the return of the Lord and about living with him for eternity and that our decisions in this life have eternal consequences for the good or for the bad. And I mean, the fear of God came in me in my car that night. When I was listening, I started weeping and I said, Jesus, I am not going to give any place to this. And I am either, this is, these are the options. I'm going to serve you and this is what it's going to look like and I'm going to be okay with that. And I mean, there was a real tearing (laughs) out of my soul. And the Lord just plumb lined me right back in to the truth. Eternity does that. So. As we take time to meditate on this city, to ascend, to go in the way. I mean, ascend. I mean, we start with our imagination. We read the text. We study out, God, breathe on my imagination. What's that going to look like? And by faith, you just start interacting with this city. You just start imagining what it's going to be like. You start walking around there. And as you go there, as you take a step out in your imagination, God will breathe on it, and he will start encountering your heart and your soul. Okay? It will empower us to overcome sin. It will empower us to overcome Satan. It will fill us with hope for eternal death, our eternal destiny. And it will give us the sobriety of the eternal consequences of the wicked, which is the lake of fire. And they will not enter this city, but the saints will inherit it. Amen. All righty. Any questions before we. Tracy. hmm Right. I believe he's talking about to what we see right here, right now. Oh, what's the question? I'm going to repeat the question here for those online. Um, what is, when, he's, when Jesus is saying, Revelation 21, the first heaven, the first earth pass away, the question is, what is what is that referring to, the first heaven, first earth? I believe that's talking about what we're seeing right here, right now. Um, we're in the first heaven, we're in the first earth. But that's going to be renewed and renovated over the course of the millennium. And in the same way that our, the, the 2 Corinthians 5, the old Matthew has passed away and behold, the new has come. So um, this, this earth as we see it, I believe will still be here, but, it, but what, how we see it, and, and, and so we're looking in the heavens, we're looking in the sky right now, looking on the earth, the tribulation is going to wreck shop, okay? And God's going to renew it, and it's going to be the new heavens and the new earth. Why do I think there's no more sea? This can be referring to the sea as far as all of the oceans, or this might mean specifically the Mediterranean Sea. Um, and part of that, I think, is because, um, well, A, the earthquakes are going to shift everything. <laughs> um, this, this final bold judgment, the, the why, why will there be no more sea? It's, the, the earthquakes are shifting every mountain and island. And so I think just the geography is naturally going to change. Um, why is there no sea? I think it's gonna be, all the water is going to be fresh. I think this river of God is going to pour in. Um, So there will be certain bodies of water, but whether it's, will the Mediterranean Sea be there? I don't think so, because that is a big, giant city coming down out of heaven, and there's not going to be room for that sea. So it needs to, (laughs) it's like Atlantis comes out of the ground so that, you know, the New Jerusalem has somewhere to rest. Do you have a question? Yes. Do you have a question or no? No, okay. Jordan, yeah. right 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 so the question is are there during the millennial reign will there be countries with their own governments and kings and borders and all those things that will be under the government of Jesus is that is that your question okay yes there will absolutely absolutely that's why it says it in Isaiah chapter 2 that all the nations will stream into Jerusalem and so and we see in here in Revelation 21 the the the, the nations of, the kings of the nations of those who are saved will walk in its light, and so I think there'll still I think over time there'll still be some subduing of the nations going on, and um, Zechariah 14 is very explicit about it. I mean, there's there's certain Ezekiel and Zechariah name specific nations that will relate to Israel very dynamically during this time. Isaiah 2 Assyria. Uh, modern day um uh modern day Iran, Iraq, um I mean it doesn't say Iran Iraq, but th- these these areas um of uh, of um, um Ethiopia, North Africa, of of just the um the kind of what's modern day um Jordan, um those areas will be in submission to Jesus reigning in Israel. And they will be Zechariah 14 just just you know you read this you're like what? Um but kings of the earth from Egypt and all these other nations, they have to come and celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles, which has happened on the Jewish calendar. If they don't come during the millennium, if those kings don't come, they won't get rain on their nations. And it's such an odd verse, because you're like, you know, you'd think like everyone would want to come, you know, Jesus is here, he's kind of, but no, there will be some kings that kind of are on the balance there, like, do I want to come for Feast of Tabernacles? Some might say no, and then they don't get rain, on their country. I mean, this is, this is, it seems bizarre to us, but it's not. (laughs) Yes, go ahead, go ahead. Right, right. So during the millennium, will the earth be made new in an instant when Jesus comes at the beginning and then we're just having a party for a thousand years? Or is it going to be restored over the course of that 1,000 years? Um, I believe the latter, that it will be restored over the course of that 1,000 years. Isaiah sixty, sixty-one, 61 are absolutely like in Ezekiel 38, 39. I mean, Ezekiel 38 and 39 go through a very detailed cleanup process after the Revelation 19 war. I mean, it's intense. They've got three cleaning teams. One goes (laughs) and cleans up the bodies. The next team comes in, puts a marker where they missed one. And then a final team comes in. I mean, it's like, this is so detailed, what's going on here. Um, And then Isaiah 60, 61, talk about the rebuilding of ancient ruins. Now, I believe there will be supernatural dynamics involved in that. Um, And so that this process will be beyond what we're able to, right? able to do right now but it will still be a process of restoration not only physically of the earth but also of the hearts of the peoples in the nations and they will continue to be discipled throughout the course of that millennium and we as the saints the resurrected saints will play a dynamic role in discipling the nations throughout the course of the millennium Mm -hmm. i see another hand go up yes sir Let me make sure I'm understanding you. So, so you're saying that your understanding was the way the government's going to be set up at that time is is similar to tw- to the twelve tribes and a tribal type of leadership. I I don't see I, what we do see as far as numbers is that the um, we have the the twelve tribes of Israel listed throughout on on the over the gates. Um, of the New Jerusalem. I don't think that's exactly how the government is necessarily going to be set up. I do think the saints will be reigning and ruling with Jesus. Now, will there be 12 territories in the earth? I'm not, I'm not clear. I don't think the Bible is explicit on that. The Bible does mention a number of specific nations that will still be around during the millennial reign. Now, what's that going to look like when New Jerusalem fully descends at the end of the millennium? I'm not sure. Well, when it comes to the 12 the, the 12 gates with their, with their names written on it, um, that's in Revelation chapter 21, verse 14. The wall of the city had twelve foundation stones, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles. And there's actually another spot um, about the gates with the twelve tribes of Israel, which is in verse 12. So Revelation 21:12 and Revelation 21:14, talk about in the city. The walls and the foundations will have the names of the tribe, 12 tribes and of the 12 apostles. Um, I see them definitely deeply involved. I don't think they'll be the only ones. Um, I, think, I think because you see, and I actually I know you won't, because in Revelation 20, you see the martyrs rising from the dead. It says they will reign, those that die during the tribulation, serving Jesus will be raised and will reign with him for a thousand years. So there'll be a big, there'll be a company of people. It won't be everybody. And I think that's important that this, many are called to this, all have the opportunity, but few are chosen here. Okay. And so we have an opportunity to say yes to Jesus in this life that, and what, how do I get qualified for leadership in the next life? You're faithful to him with what he's given you in this life. Okay. That's what it's about. It's faithfulness and meekness, humility, love. It's not having the biggest business, the biggest church, the biggest ministry, the biggest anything. It's being faithful with what has been given to you now. That's a great question. Do one more. Thank you. All right. No questions. We'll close it out. So um, let's pray. Well, Father, we thank you for the book of Revelation. We thank you that you've given us this book, and you even commanded John, do not seal up the words of this book. So Lord, you've left this open for us, and we thank you for the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. So I pray that the Holy Spirit would continue to shine light into our hearts, and into our minds, and give us revelation of, of eternity, and help us orient our lives Unto this goal of of ruling and reigning, of being with Jesus, but also partnering with Him, of reigning with Him as kings and priests on the earth, for, in Jesus' name.